0: Hey guys, I just had to jump in here real quick and issue an official spoiler warning. So I'm in the middle of editing this episode, and I realized Travis and I, we didn't do a spoiler warning at any point. And we get into some pretty big spoilers. In particular, for HBO Max's new original series, The Last of Us, we get into some pretty big spoilers. For episodes two and three. Later on in the episode, we do discuss WWE's Royal Rumble event And we talk about The results of that card So, if you don't want to be spoiled For The Last of Us or for Wrestling I suggest you catch up on those shows And then come back
1: I sound like a robot. <laughs> <laughs> now
0: nah, we got to keep it now. Just keep going with it. Hello. Welcome to Nerds Collide. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can't <laughs> but... And oh, we're man. off to a roaring
0: start. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man! Welcome to Nerds Collide a podcast about all things geeky and possibly dorky. He is Travis. Hey, and I am Justin. I am a <laughs> robot from the future. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're just a couple of nerds, <laughs> apparently. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, now that I'm not a robot anymore,
0: um, what's going on? How you been? Uh, uh, not too bad. Uh, we got a little bit of the white stuff out here today. Oh, you did? Yeah, we got it. We got a little bit of snow. It actually started hailing as soon as I got home in the morning. And I went to sleep, and I woke up, and it was snow on the ground. Damn! Yeah. So this is the the third winter in a row that Texas has gotten snow. I moved to Texas to get away from the snow, <laughs> partly. <laughs> but you know that was like an added benefit. Like, hey, no snow, and apparently I just brought the snow with me. But, we, um, I should I should say we brought the snow with us.
1: How often did it snow in Texas before the last couple of years?
0: Never. <laughs> it had been like. Forty years or something like that. I think that's just going off word of mouth, though. I've never, you know, I haven't crunched the numbers on that data. You'd say data or data? Um,
1: I switch. <laughs> I say data. I think when I'm trying to actually say the word, but data. Uh, when I'm just being dumb. Look at all this data.
0: We should make a hybrid. What is the hybrid? Data. Data or or, or <laughs> Date.
1: Da, da, date sounds too fancy
0: for me. <laughs> I have a lot
1: of date.
0: <laughs> sounds like the first time I heard someone pronounce it immature instead of immature. God, those people are the worst.
1: How immature?
0: Yeah, I had I had a, uh, a argument with one of my my teachers the first time they said that Actually, you know, it wasn't that they were. She was pronouncing "minute" "minute,", minute. and I don't know. I, I feel like my minute memory is
1: like a different word.
0: Yeah, but okay. Chances are highly likely that she was using it in the correct context, and I was just being a stupid kid. You're like, but you know, maybe bitch I was right. I use it. <laughs>
1: Learn English! You're in America
0: <laughs> English is like the worst language. <laughs> yeah, I in had the a world.
1: I had a professor in college. He was like an old Pakistani man and he was like, I'm gonna write two words on the board and then he wrote <laughs> he wrote put and but, right? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. Why aren't these words pronounced the same? <laughs>
0: Cause America
1: <laughs> I was like, you're in America? Damn it. That's why.
0: Don't, don't tread on me.
1: I'm proud to be in America. At least <laughs> I know I'm free. You know what was a good slash bad time in, uh, really in America, but also in my own personal life, was right after 9-11. I was going to say 9-11. I mean, 9-11 was a bad <laughs> I'm convinced that uh, 9 11 ruined everything. So uh, there we go. 9 11 caused COVID. (laughs) You can trace COVID back to 9 11. Um, (laughs) So I used to be in the Boy Scouts, and we had like a summer camp every year. And the summer after, so I went the summer before 9 11, and it was a great time. And it was still a great time the summer after 9 11. But there was a lot of patriotism that was happening. And like we had like a Friday bonfire, and they just played that song real loud. And we all were uh, celebrating our Americanness, just listening to some terrible country song. I'm proud to be an American,
0: where least I i free. Man, country singers make a hell of a diss song. Well, yeah, what's his face? Toby Keith had that one song where he's like, I'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. I
1: remember. Also, I like that I'm just singing those like uh, uh, James Hatfield from Metallica.
0: (laughs) Exit I'm trying to think. I was, I forget how old I was. Let me see. Let me do the math in my head. I was 10. No, I was eight. Count on your fingers. Shut up. <laughs> no, I do that. I wasn't even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was eight. I was eight years old. And I remember that day got to leave school early that day. Same. And then it was just like the news was on the TV. Why are we talking about September? It, it is January. <laughs> well, <laughs> never forget. <laughs> never forget. Um, I, was, <laughs> I
1: was, my friends and I made this terrible rap group when we were in high school called uh, 313, a, a real original name. And we were like trying to be the most generic rap group of all time. And one one of my friends had this line that was, uh, my, <laughs> my flows are hard to beat. The shit I do makes Nine Eleven 11 look weak. <laughs> like, God damn
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon, bro too soon <laughs> i always love that line well uh so anyway that's t- <laughs> that was that was nine eleven. 11 on the on the more sad news i think my fish is dying oh no yeah my my betta fish has not been doing too well it, that's the one that was at the top of the
1: tank uh last time right uh yeah did a, a test yeah. and there's a lot of ammonia
0: yeah, so that ammonia spike must have um must have affected him pretty bad cuz he he has not been the same since. He's pretty much stays huddled behind the filter and sometimes he just unless you look at him real close, he doesn't look like he's breathing, but you get up real close, you can see his gills moving, but I don't know what caused the ammonia spike because the tank was established nothing changed yeah it was just an ammonia spike I was feeding them normal um, yeah i
1: was gonna ask
0: where did you change the food or something like that no i i'm it it was just kind of unexplainable but the uh you know one morning i had just did a water change maybe two days prior and i came home that mo- i might have told this part of the story on one of the episodes i can't remember but I had, came home that morning and tested, and pneumonia was like through the roof, yeah, and so I had to do
1: like old yeah, water you had to do a water change water change, well, uh, your fiance and daughter were sleeping,
0: you had yeah, to be real quiet, yeah, okay, so, yeah. real so, quiet, boy, so he's pretty much his behavior has been unchanged since then, I still haven't gotten him to eat anything, and I've just been keeping up with the uh with the water changes and and dosing with uh with ammo lock to detoxify any ammonia that's in there but yeah I don't know I don't know if he's gonna make it I don't know if he's gonna bounce back but it sucks Oh man poor little guy I did lose one other fish in my other tank uh, I'm not really sure what happened there I just woke up and and, and he was kind of stuck by the filter so I'm not sure what happened with that guy but there was a little bit of aggression in that tank before, so oh, it, it's possible that maybe one of the other fish stressed him out or something. I'm not sure, but they left his ass by the filter. <laughs> <laughs> it's the not so fun part of fish keeping. But anyway, <laughs> poor, poor fish. Yeah, poor fish. Man, we're we're starting this episode on a downer. I'm talking yeah, about nine eleven. 9-
1: <laughs> Fish dying. <laughs> what else is sad that we can talk about? I mean, there's plenty. <laughs> yeah, let, let's not. So let's. Um... We're, we're gonna rename this podcast the Crying the Crying Friends Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a good. That's a good podcast to do. I wonder if anybody's done that. The uh, just... we can call it the depressed dudes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: depressed dudes. <laughs>
0: we can have like a, a real upbeat intro theme, <laughs> and then it would just be a real hard contrast when we come on crying. <laughs> you know what the theme song should be? Uh,
1: that circus music, the one that you always hum.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> just like. Hello. <laughs> yeah, that's a little behind the scenes uh thing that you never hear cuz it gets edited out. <laughs> but for some reason I have the bad habit of randomly just humming that circus theme when we're recording. <laughs>
1: <I> <laughs> don't know only, where it came from. When we're but... <laughs> recording.
0: Yeah, I don't do it any other time. I'm not like walking around the house doing chores, just. <laughs> Although that would probably make it more fun.
1: <laughs> that would be sweet, though. Yeah. Just you vacuuming. I'm imagining you vacuuming in like two times the speed. Like. <laughs> sounds good, I think. You know what else sounds good? What's that? Talking about the Last of Us episodes two and three. We already briefly discussed episode two. Yep. So I think I don't think we're gonna I don't think we're gonna do like a super deep dive into it, but
0: No. Um but we gonna talk about it. Oh yeah. Of of a second rewatch, I don't know if I really have much more to add other than
1: Of uh episode two, you mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to episode three in a minute. Uh but for episode two, um, yeah, I don't know i I think I think I paid more attention to just like Joel and Ellie's body language like in when they're interacting with each other um, that stood out a lot more to me on the second on the second watch. Mm. it's a great episode, but I do feel like. That first episode was so big and huge that these episodes, as they're being released, like the quality is there, but it, they don't seem as impactful. I don't know if that makes any sense. I mean, I could understand that a bit. I, it is the sort of case where the first one is so good that anything else that follows is going to be a slump, sort of. I think it's a combination of... well. Okay, so we know the story. So we kind of yeah. like that first episode, like there was the shock like oh shit, they're actually doing it. Like this is actually good. And like we've we've gotten past the point like okay, now we know it's good. But how good is it going to get? And I mean, these past two episodes have been great, but that that first one is still my favorite out of the 3. Just for that, really, like that shock factor. But there's a lot of great stuff in episode two and three. That that whole that whole clicker sequence in episode two is just wonderful.
1: Yeah, great scene. You know what is a scene that made me laugh? It's such a small part of episode two, but when they get into the hotel and part of their path is blocked, and Ellie suggests that she go. And Tess is like, you die, we don't get any money. Joel, come help me. And then Joel just lifts her up into the hole, and I was just like, that had to be on purpose because that's literally what you do in the game is like lift people up to go to higher ground, and then they <laughs> lift you up. I just thought they, that was really funny.
0: And they even had the board, too, how they had like just yeah. planks of wood to get between the buildings. I was like, that's funny.
1: Yeah, episode two is really good. My only problem was the ending with Tess, where the guy uh comes and gives her a little kiss. But uh, yeah,
0: it, it's weird. Honestly, I, I skipped that part. Well, I didn't pay attention that far. I don't need to see it again. It's kind of gross. Uh, so I am pulling at you for this uh this
1: series and doing like a deep dive into uh. And it's like, I'm consuming all the media that surrounds it. And this is the first oh, yeah. time I've ever, this is the first time I've ever done this. So I'm like, this is weird. The first time I've ever known this when a show is, is on, um, and like active, I should say. So, uh, I yeah, I listened to HBO's The Last of Us podcast, which is hosted by Troy Baker, who does the voice of Joel in the video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and like... <laughs> I don't know, man. That part was so silly when they were trying, like, executive producers, creators, whatever, were trying to explain what the point of that part was. They're like, it's a really beautiful part. I'm just like... Well, yeah, because it was a vision. (laughs) Of course you think so. I was like, all right, man. (laughs) I did read a funny thing where, uh, like I said, I haven't played The Last of Us Part two, so I read this funny comment... About that scene where somebody was like, "Uh, Yeah, this is just Neil Druckmann sucking his own farts again, like he did for The Last of Us Part 2. I was like, All right, dude. (laughs) I mean, I laughed, (laughs) but I was still just like, Ooh. Ooh,
0: you mad. I have not been listening to those podcasts only because I I tend to like. I tend to stay away from, like, anything that's, like, from the creators or writers of something. Because, I mean, when they're talking about it, there's a bias there.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. I'm just curious. Um, I think the first episode was so good that I was just interested in their thought process about it. And Yeah. It's a good podcast. Um, I'm sure it is. Sometimes... uh, that was really the only time where I was like, "All right, dude,"
0: <laughs> like,
1: "Yeah, okay," but
0: yeah, otherwise it's good. Um, yeah, I don't have much else to say about episode two. It it was yeah, good. I'm, I like. I'm it trying to think. I'm trying to think back. Uh, I just rewatched it earlier today. Um, but yeah, just just the scenes really with Joel and Ellie. You kind of start to see them not warm up to each other, but I guess get used to being around each other or they're figuring each other out really, and one yeah. like like really, really small detail, and I might be off on this, but that part where Ellie is at the desk of the hotel and she's like acting like she's checking in or whatever, and then yeah. she push pushes that cart and the dead body falls out, and she falls back, and we didn't issue a spoiler warning again, but we'll put it in the beginning like we did. <laughs> But yeah, so she she kind of falls back because she's startled. And when Joel helps her up, he, he kind of like stops and he like looks at his hand for a second. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that too. That was a really like, good... It's like, what are you trying to tell me there? What what, what are you saying? Like, yeah, that was, that was just kind of like a touching moment because that's probably like... I mean, Joel is probably a person who very rarely has any form of human contact with anybody.
1: Yeah, and then I also just think... Like, besides the human contact, I think his initial reaction was like, "This person's on my side. I'm gonna help him up, and then like the late uh realization in him that like she got bitten, and he's he
0: like touched her and he like looked at his hand like, "Oh shit, why'd I do that? Yeah, or well, it also uh, could it also could be like. It being the beginning of him looking at her as not just, like, cargo, or not just, like, this pawn in this deal, but as an actual person.
1: Yeah, I think we get that even more in, uh,
0: episode three. Yeah. Their, their interactions start. Well, let's, uh, let's get into episode three, since you brought it up. Yeah,
1: let's get into episode three. I got some,
0: <laughs> I got some The gay episode.
1: The gays.
0: <laughs> the gay community. Have you ever seen Have you ever seen yeah. that? No, you told me about it before though okay
1: <laughs> the guy community
0: you know God forbid anybody from the l g b t q plus community survive an apocalypse. How dare they <laughs> Jesus Christ, what's wrong with them? I mean, they probably
1: would just survive <laughs> any they would probably
0: survive more than most people. <laughs> The gays and vegans cannot survive the apocalypse. It's, ridic- <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous, you- man. It really is. <laughs> for such a beautiful episode, for that to be, I mean... Oh, so some background. I mean,
1: I'm sure Travis also experienced this, but uh, I stumbled across... Well, I didn't. Someone told me. S- Someone told me that they stumbled across a comment on... Uh, It was like some fan reaction or something to episode three. And uh, somebody commented, tired of all this gay shit in media. Woke culture ruins everything. I'm just like, dude, come on. It's 2022, man. Well, it's 2023. Oh,
0: shit. I'm a year behind. Yeah, I don't. It's 2023. You know, we've come to a point where it's—I mean—comments like that shouldn't surprise us. But every time they do, whenever something like this in in media or pop culture pops up, <laughs> and it's like those people just come out the woodworks.
1: So it's either like these people are trolling, or I'm sure there's a—a pretty—I'm sure there is you know, a lot of that, but. Like, if people are serious about it, that stuff just makes me laugh because of how ridiculous it is. Like, how ignorant and stupid do you sound to be like, I'm tired of all this gay shit? Yeah, I don't know, man. So speaking of gay shit, this <laughs> episode's full of it. <laughs> Episode is full of it. Yeah. Uh, all right. But let's go back to uh, Joel and Ellie before we before we get into the gays. Oh,
0: dude that that beginning scene with them two. It. Oh uh,
1: yeah, painful. when they're in the woods and she's like, "Don't blame me. Yeah, it's not my fault. Yeah, that yeah. that's great. And that's the first time that Joel really acknowledges because he he like shakes his head like, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's the first time he kind of acknowledges her. Point and like actually accepts it, even though he does it in the most nonchalant way, just kind of like it it's almost dismissive how he acknowledges it, but I think it's just because that's how Joel is now. I don't know if it's necessarily meant to be offensive
0: or anything, but yeah, he is kind of just like, All right, you're right, yeah, I mean, you get the feeling that that's just kind of like a product of how hard and he's become over the years. Right, but yeah that that her, her kind of putting him in his place that that's just like another thing where it's like, okay, that dialogue isn't straight out of the game, but yeah, that's but totally it could be <laughs> that's totally something Ellie would have said, yeah,
1: totally, yeah, this dialogue and these these interactions are very true to the source material, which is really wonderful, yeah, I'm really loving that they're back and forth banter,
0: yeah, I also seen that that was kind of another not so much outrage, but people. Like, citing their disappointment in this episode is because of the lack of Joel and Ellie that we get. They're and at they, the beginning uh, and the end. Yeah. That's what's and, important. And, and a lot of people are kind of like labeling this a filler episode, which I don't get at all. Because everything that we get with Bill and Frank is it, integral to Joel and Ellie's story and where they end up at the end of this episode.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree.
0: Everything is purposeful, everything has meaning, and everything has weight. And when you think of a filler episode, you just think of a throwaway episode that really doesn't add any value to the overall story, but everything in here does. Yep, I agree. I will say...
1: I do do uh, think that... uh, Oh, I was just going to say real quick that I do appreciate them giving some backstory to... uh, these these characters, because you don't meet Frank at all in the game, right? Don't, he, he's just hanging yeah. there dead when you meet him, and then um, you obviously meet Bill, but it's under different circumstances. So, yeah, it is nice to you know meet these characters and get to know them, and even if it is a different, uh, they have different arcs than they do in the game. I don't mind it. I appreciate it actually.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's a completely different take on their relationship because even in the game you don't get much I mean you get enough of Bill that you kind of understand like okay he's you know he's a loner kind of a jerk not a very nice guy right but, and then in terms of the relationship or the dynamic between him and Frank you don't get much other than you know if you explore the house after you've, they find Frank's body you find a suicide note and it kind of paints their relationship as some as more toxic and I, if i remember correctly it almost kind of like insinuates that how miserable bill is is what led to frank committing suicide yeah i could be wrong but it's been a while since i played the game but it it's definitely a completely different take on their relationship it's a it's a much more happier one even even though it ha- does have kind of a tragic ending. Yeah, but... We'll get to that, but... Um, I will yeah. say real quick, I was just very, very... Very... Not very, but I was a little disappointed in the beginning when we didn't get a, another flashback sequence right there at the beginning.
1: I was too, but we get it yeah, for we, the whole episode, it, so it's yeah, like, yeah, it was quickly... Uh, my my disappointment was quickly erased. Yeah. Just because we, of how
0: how much of a flashback we get. Right. We we pretty much get, you know, everything that we got from those flashback sequences in the first two episodes. We we basically got a full episode of that yep. on a grander scale.
1: You know what's a a sad little detail of this episode? Is they walk by they walk by the the little uh field where all the skulls and bones are and uh also, some of the, some of those bones, man, they look real bad. I was like, I was like, these look like they bought them from Halloween, USA. <laughs> We're just like, <laughs> threw, threw it in the field. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, the whole flashback sequence begins because they focus on like a shirt and blanket. Uh, that are uh, attached to some of the skulls in the field, and then you flashback to who is actually wearing those, and it's uh, a mother and a daughter. And Joel had already said that they, they forcefully took everyone, Fedra forcefully took everyone from their homes to these QZs sites, and if there wasn't any room for them, they just killed them. So that was a really small detail that made me sad. Because, obviously, they didn't make it to the QZ. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real quick, I laughed so hard when Ellie went into the little storage room, and she was looking for supplies and found the tampons and said,
0: fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but that made me laugh so much. That's another thing, like, right out of the game. <laughs> I think that that's something she would have said. Like, as you're controlling Joel, you can just like hear her in the background finding something. <laughs> How did you feel about her with the with the infected down there? Because that's another thing that I seen like people were upset about. Like, oh, they're trying to make uh, they're trying to make Ellie crazy in this version. Like, no, I didn't get that at all. I just got yeah, it as, I didn't... Uh, you know a kid really like her first time out in the world and it's just she's curious I think two things are necessary about this interaction one she's only
1: had two interactions before this with uh infected one that bit her which is like traumatizing obviously and the other one was in the last episode in the uh in the uh, museum who also bit her <laughs> So I think this was more about like her showing that she can kill one. Like, she's she's not always going to be the victim. She can, you know, she can take care of herself and she can, you know, kill an infected if need be. Yeah. I mean, it just so happens it's in the most vulnerable position you could be in. Um, But still, I think there's something powerful about her, you know, killing this infected just because of her past. Yeah. I said it was I said there was going to be two things
0: but really it's just one. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I I really like you know the parts with just Joel and Ellie just walking and talking and he's kind of explaining to her how everything fell like the entire structure of the world fell over the weekend. I did appreciate
1: the uh because I read this online uh the background about the the cordyceps uh, in food, like in mass-produced food, mm-hmm. uh, being part of the reason for infection. Because I read that online after the first episode, because even in the first episode, they make mention of, you know, Joel's on Atkins, mm-hmm. so he's not eating any uh, carbs or anything. Um, they are supposed to have pancakes that morning. They don't have pancake mix.
0: Oh uh, man, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I was Cause, like Because when he 'cause when he's explaining it to her, he pauses and then he says pancake yep. mix. Damn, that's a yeah. good catch.
1: Yeah, that was really
0: cool, I thought. Damn. Um, and then also the neighbor
1: next door is like, We got a lot of biscuits over here and he's like oh, pushing yeah. flour. Yeah, he's pushing biscuits into uh the older the, the older woman's mouth. Damn, so. look at
0: you paying attention to detail.
1: <clears throat> and then also in the second episode they were working at um the the infected at that factory. They were working at like a flower factory, weren't they?
0: I think so, yeah. Yeah, so damn. I didn't La- catch that. I didn't pay attention to that. That's I wouldn't have
1: I I, I probably would have this episode, but I was on high alert after Reading comments online where like fan theories where somebody was like, I think it's uh the infection is also through food. And I was like, Hmm.
0: And now we know that that's true. Is true. Damn. Damn, that's awesome. All right. So eventually in the episode we meet Frank during that first uh or we flashback. meet Bill first, right? Yeah, I'm sorry, Bill. Not Frank, Bill.
1: Dude. This part was so fucking cool when Bill was just going around with his truck and his boat and he like broke into a Home Depot and was (laughs) taking stuff. I was like, this is so fucking cool. Like, that is the kind of shit in like an apocalypse or even like a natural disaster where I'm like, I think like that would be the coolest part of it is just going somewhere and being like, Welp,
0: yeah, and also, and also, you know, those are there are people out there in the real world that are survivalists too, yeah, and that you know operate on a day to day basis with that kind of mindset of always being prepared for the worst. So Mm -hmm. it was cool to see that, that, you know, character represented here, yeah. Be him, uh, him him roaming around Home Depot and the lights cutting off, and him just saying, "Oh, that was quick."
1: Yeah, that was so cool. I thought, Um, I just seeing the preparation for
0: that. Yeah, right before that, I really liked that shot of him kind of busting out his front door, just into (laughs) you know middle of the day, and it's just deserted. Yeah, how they kind of how they kind of pan back and show that whole like that whole kind of street and neighborhood. And how everything is just deserted. Yeah. And it's just was, like the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah, and he's got a little gas mask on.
1: Yeah, that yeah. was really cool. Anyway, somebody somebody falls in one of his traps. And uh, it's little little Frank. Little Frankie.
0: a Frankie boy.
1: <laughs> a little Frankie boy. And little Frankie boy in the hole.
0: Frank was kind of a pest. <laughs> what do you mean, man? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know... He let you out of the hole. Gone good. <laughs> <laughs> Did yeah. you feel like there was a point where F- where Frank was being deceitful and that he was just kind of behaving the way he was just for a place to stay? Um, No, I didn't think that. I could see they could have easily went that way. I yeah,
1: there's an easy flip where it does become that sort of relationship. Um, I think maybe in the beginning, once because once he gets out of the hole, he's like, "I'm really hungry." Which I mean, it makes sen- like logically, it makes sense for him to be like, "This guy's probably not going to shoot me because he already would have." So I'm going to be like, I'm I'm going to try to press it because, you know, yeah. it's the end of the world. I'm hungry. Hopefully this guy has a good heart. And, yeah, uh,
0: I don't know. I guess I just kind of felt like there was a hint of of deceit there. I mean, even right up to, you know, all the homophobes favorite scene <laughs> when they're in bed and, and you know, Frank's just kind of like. You know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to stay for a few days. So I guess it's really that piece of dialogue there that kind of just was like, "Well, what are your motives here?" Which I mean, we quickly find out that you know they're genuine, right? But but you know, for a split second there, it's like, you know, what, what are you doing? What are you doing to Bill? I mean, leave Bill alone. <laughs> Get off of Bill. <laughs> Get off of him. <laughs> Billy! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I can see how that would be the thought. Um, I don't... Yeah. I could see that. That's interesting.
0: What about that uh, That scene at the piano? Them singing?
1: Yeah, it, it was sweet, I thought. I liked seeing Nick Offerman. Uh, I like seeing Nick Offerman in general, but... Um,
0: I like seeing Nick Offerman kind of show a, a sensitive side. Yeah, and then you kinda of get later on in the episode, you kinda of get that classic Ron Swanson giggle when they're <laughs> eating the strawberries. Dude. As much have... as I hate as much as I hate Parks and Rec, Ron Swanson is great. <laughs> when uh Frank
1: got on top of Bill, I was like, Holy shit. Like, not in like a <laughs> bad way, but I was like, I was like, dude, that he is on top of Ron like my my brain was like <laughs> my brain was like that dude is on top of Ron Swanson. <laughs> so yeah, that was funny. Um he's like a he was very good casting because he does look yeah. like Bill. Um, yeah. Yeah, so then we we get, you know, we get a little love storyline going for a few years few dozen years the only thing i think i was disappointed by was it shows them in like 2013 and they're kind of young looking still and then we flash forward 10 years and they look like hella old like (laughs) i was like like, damn dude y'all look old as fuck but i mean yeah I i guess once you reach once you reach a certain age it's like and also frank had that uh muscle degenerate degeneration disease whatever um a lot of people were saying it was like ms I, that i read yeah, online i i was thinking als yeah maybe yeah and then i listened to a podcast and they were like uh the creators were like we didn't want to spe- specifically say what it was but our thought was it's either uh
0: ms or als we both right um yeah, and then we eventually get to uh what f- well, we get that scene with with uh, a younger Joel and Tess visiting. Yeah, that was great. I love that. Yeah, I like I like the I like Joel and 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 Bill's dynamic. They don't. Yeah, neither one of them really like each other, but they respect each other and they get each other.
1: Yeah, it's like because Bill is the more conservative, you know, middle aged <laughs> white man, and he even <laughs> has like that "Don't tread on me." a flag in his uh yeah in his basement or garage or something.
0: Probably so the only like, cool person that owns one of those. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it stems from that,
0: honestly. Um I love the part where, where Frank and Tess like are walking in the house and Bill's just like Frank <laughs> Frank
1: <laughs> and Then yeah. he
0: immediately and then he immediately picks his gun back up.
1: <laughs> I do love that uh like they're they're having dinner and Bill is so angry that he has to even entertain these guests
0: and Frank is just like, can you stop? <laughs> yeah, and then you get <clears throat> um uh, you get the revelation that the uh the music and the codes for for the radio yep. actually come from Bill and Frank.
1: Yep, which they actually do reveal in the first episode because there's the little notebook where it's like uh. B and F codes and it says like mm-hmm. Ellie's reading yeah. it and it says seventies or sixties, seventies, eighties. Man, I missing out.
0: Uh, I gotta start paying attention. Gotta open the eyes, Travis. Missing, missing out on all these Easter eggs. Open the eyes,
1: Travis.
0: <laughs> so eventually we get to uh to Frank's last day, and uh, he basically This is another thing like Because Frank said it earlier in the episode. He was like, this is my street to let me love it the way I want. And then when he tells Frank, like, don't you love me? Love me the way I want you to. Which is basically just like, you know, grant my final wishes and then help me commit suicide. It's like, man, that's a lot to ask somebody. (laughs) That is a lot. I mean,
1: there's like a 10-year gap, so we don't know how long Frank has been dealing with this having to have bill push him around and sure i mean probably in general even at the beginning stages of it it's it feels it makes you feel worthless to have not be able to do something as simple as get into bed like so i imagine just years of that and also the current state of the world <laughs> didn't help either it was probably right. just just frank like look man I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Although it I get your point though. It is <laughs> it is kind of, you know, a a morbid thing to be like Jesus Look.
0: Christ, give me a fucking break. <laughs> yeah. It, it Love me lot. out
1: Love me and kill me.
0: <laughs> I wanna yeah, I die. Did, another thing I did like is how they <laughs> they immediately cut from their first scene together in bed, and then they cut, like, three years to to them arguing out the street. Oh, fuck off! (laughs) (laughs) Because that just kind of, like, humanizes their relationship. It's like, you know, their relationship is just like any other.
1: Yeah, that was really cool, I thought.
0: Yeah, man. Bill and Frank, they had a
1: really great love story.
0: Yeah, it, it was great. I loved every minute of this episode. Um... I did like the Joel and Ellie stuff more. But yeah, was, I mean, but it's their story though.
1: So. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be the focus of it f- from now on. I do like the idea of giving these characters that they meet a little more background. Um, yeah. I imagine we're going to get some of that with, uh, I forget what the characters' names are, <clears throat> but it's the father and son duo that they meet along the way.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm sure we will. So. I like as, this. Yeah, as long as we get enough Joel and Ellie to fully mature that relationship between the two so that by the time we get to the climax of the story, it the weight of it is there. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine with spending time with more of these side characters and kind of flushing out the world a bit. Yeah, we have how many episodes are there gonna be? Nine or ten? Yep, yeah, yeah, no nine. So we got six more to go. They got six but. more episodes
1: to flush out their relationship, so I think plenty, they can do plenty
0: it. of time, plenty of time.
1: Um, yeah, and then at the end we get uh, Joel and Joel and Ellie going to Bill's little compound and uh, reading the note. Uh, Ellie steals a gun. She's got yep, a gun. Yep, she now.
0: finally gets the gun she had been asking for. <laughs>
1: Even though she broke one of Joel's rules already. <laughs> I guess yeah. he really didn't say that,
0: uh, like, specifically. He didn't say he she, he was going to give her a gun. Yeah, he didn't but say he, anything about yeah, her he finding one. Right. <laughs> um, and, I, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be a point where she's going to use it to help save his life. Yeah, that'll probably be
1: the catalyst of, like, when the, that relationship strengthens a lot. Um, Yeah. And he learns to trust her. So did they take the guns from Bill's basement? Because the way I interpreted it was that they didn't.
0: And that made me mad. (laughs) I don't remember. I guess I assume they did. I hope they did. I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, I know he left the one gun. At the store in the beginning, because he didn't have any ammo for it, so I'm sure he loaded up. I hope so too. I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't. I mean, he's got a whole pickup truck to stash stuff in. So
1: yeah, we get them in the truck. Uh, they actually are listening to the same artist. I almost think it. I think it's the same song too that yep. Bill and Frank
0: play at the beginning. Yep, which is the the title of the song is the title of the episode. Oh, long, a okay.
1: long time. Yeah, and then they drive away, and we get a a, a shot. Through the open window that uh, Bill and Frank were in. The the room with the open window that Bill and Frank were in. Which is a nice callback to uh, the opening menu of the video game. The first yep. one. And that is episode three of The Last of Us.
0: So to wrap up, uh, what would you rank episode two and episode three?
1: Um, Like in terms of order compared to the first
0: one too? But just a one to ten. Did you? Oh, what did you give um, episode one a nine?
1: Yeah, I want to give it a ten, but I'll I'll stick with nine for now. Okay. Um, like I think you said it that we may we may retroactively uh, change the yeah. ranking. Um, I give episode two uh, an eight out of ten. A 9, I guess. Yeah, let's go 9 out of 10. The only part that was bad in the episode was, like I said, the, uh, the whole makeout scene. And then episode 3. I'll give that a 9 out of 10 as well. It was better than... Uh, actually, let me scratch that. 2 is 8 out of 10. 3 is a 9 out of 10. Let's do that. Because I do, so based- think, I do think that episode three was a little more consistent than, uh, just a hair more consistent than episode two.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, I'm leaning towards the same rankings. I'm almost has. Well, I'm almost kind of ready just to bump up episode one to a yeah, ten. Yeah, I kind of do like, too. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of there, but I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it two more weeks. You know, let me get two more episodes in, like then i'll I'll decide, so i yeah, episode one and nine, episode two, eight point five that there's really nothing wrong with episode two, um, I just think episodes one and three were a bit more impactful, and uh episode three, I'll give a nine as well, nice, okay, um, do you wanna take a little
1: break and then we'll come back and talk about other stuff, yeah, let's do it, bye, bye. Oh.
0: Oh jeez. And we're back. We're back. So we uh <laughs> this is gonna be a first. For collide. Yeah. I don't think we've talked wrestling too much.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um I think we like briefly talked about some wrestling in one of the earlier episodes, but it wasn't like a full, a full discussion or a full segment or anything. It's kind also, of this weird. Is, this is definitely a segment that you're going to have to lead. Cause uh, I am not, I mean, I'm up to date in the, <laughs> I'm up to date in the fact that I watch clips and read
0: results, but like, I don't actually watch it. So, well, to be fair, that's mostly how I consume it. I just watch the, the, premium live events as they now call them what i I watched the pay-per-views welcome to our premium live event but yeah we're gonna be talking about uh the fallout from the royal rumble wrestling kind of look forward a little bit to wrestlemania so you didn't watch the royal rumble then right i did not okay i actually was thinking about watching the actual event i'd recommend it i'll probably skip a couple of those uh matches I would say go ahead and skip the the Bray Wyatt match, skip the Bianca and Alexa match, and those are the only two matches on the card besides the Rumbles and Roman and uh, KO. But yeah, uh, both Rumbles were good. We kicked they kicked things off with the men's Rumble, which I don't think they've ever done that before. Yeah, that's interesting. And I don't know if I'm a big fan of that, honestly. Because we didn't like if they would have end like the show needs to end with the rumble, I feel. And but they didn't end with the women's rumble either. They ended with Roman and KO, which the ending to that warrants it going off the air there. So I'm I'm kind of okay with it here, but it's still kind of weird. Like I think moving forward Yeah, I think just
1: whatever, really what ends the show is what's most important and what, you know, um, what is the biggest draw. And I think right now it's the bloodline storyline.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully they keep going with that storyline. Because Cody Rhodes did win the Rumble, which I think most people... Saw coming. There, there were a few people like myself out there that was holding out hope that Sammy would somehow win it. But earlier, earlier in the night, I think on the pre-show, they pretty much had Roman telling Sammy like, "You're with me all night," and that was kind of like them hinting, like, "Yeah, Sammy's not gonna be in the Rumble." Yeah, and which I'm fine with because if he wasn't gonna win it, don't put him there. Right, I agree with that because if they'd have put him in it. And then Cody wins. There would have been a backlash. Yeah, now there's... And you you cannot fumble that Cody storyline because it is a big storyline. He's a big star. You have to do right by that storyline. But I I also feel like you gotta go with what's organic. Yeah,
1: Cody got hurt at a really inopportune time. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, and, and it just doesn't feel... Like I, I will say I watched his promo on Raw, and I'm like, okay, I can buy into this. Yeah, I mean but, Cody, Cody rules,
1: and he got a really good reaction.
0: So yeah, it uh. But compare that to that pop that Sammy got when he fucking hit Roman with that chair. That pop was insane.
1: Yeah, this is a uh, this is another instance of uh just something happen <laughs> sort of organically. Something happened that wasn't planned. And, uh, I don't even necessarily think that anyone is pushing Cody out of spite, like to spite the fact that Sammy got over uh yeah my, you know, organically, but I do think that they're kind of just like they had between a, they, the they rock have and a plan. hard place, yeah, they have a plan,
0: and they're trying to stick with it, which is admirable, Because i I feel like the plan going into Rumble was probably okay, you do Cody and Roman. And then you do Sammy and KO versus the Usos, but I feel after the Rumble, like Sammy's too big to just be in a tag team match at Mania. Now that pop and the reaction that he gets, and the investment that that fans are into the storyline, that can't be how it it plays out. Sammy somehow has to find him way, find his way, either in a triple threat or you do it where Roman's defending both titles on on each night. You got to find a way to incorporate Sammy in here somewhere. I think in Cody's promo he mentioned a number of
1: days is like 62 days or something like that which mm-hmm. which makes the main event of Night 2 of WrestleMania Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Sammy Sammy got himself over in a really organic way, is probably the most popular act on the show, um, on either show really, um, besides Roman. And uh, I, I do think they need to work him into something. I would even honestly go as far as to say if he's not in the match, like if they do, because I think I read somewhere they they might do Roman and Sammy at Elimination Chamber for the title because it is in Montreal. I'm um, um, I'm totally against that idea. I think if you if you go that route and you have the bloodline come in and screw Sammy, Sammy needs to be involved somehow in the main event. Even if it is just helping Cody win, I think that's there's something Sammy needs to do something in the main event.
0: Yeah, I kind of I think where what they should do is. If you want to if you want to keep Roman and Cody and you don't want to have Sammy be a part of that main event. It's like you said he has to get involved somehow. Maybe maybe he runs interference. Like maybe Solo comes out and tries to get involved and then Sammy pops up and and gets the assist for Cody.
1: Yeah, I think KO and uh Sammy coming out as backup for Cody for yeah, you know you to take out the bloodline. Of-
0: You can do both of them. So the wild card here is Jay. Yeah. Where do they go with him? And I think what they should do is you have Jay basically leave the bloodline, say, you know, I'm done, I'm out. And Roman can kind of, like, okay, Solo, you take care of this. And at Elimination Chamber, you can do Sammy versus Solo. Well, Jay versus Solo, I'm sorry. And Jimmy would be with Solo. Because Jimmy's still in the bloodline. And in that match, you can basically have Jimmy call Solo the match, realign with his brother. Right. Leave the bloodline. And then in the bloodline, you only have Solo and Roman left. That way, following Mania, you can move Roman away from the world title picture quickly and shift to him and Solo in a storyline against the Usos. I'm wondering if we should if the, we should move that to Mania. Like, you still
1: have your idea of Jay versus Solo, but maybe Roman put an order of, like, Jimmy, I don't want you out there at all. So then we get that Solo match with Solo. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> And Jay, but you like see Jimmy in the back, like watching a monitor, like with Roman, and obviously Jimmy's pissed off. Then at Mania, we can get where Solo tries to, you know, take out Cody. We get the Sammy KO interference, we get the Jay interference, and then Jimmy comes out and they have like a a little stare down between the two brothers, and then they both super kick Roman, cost him the title then we can move forward with
0: uh Usos versus uh Roman and Solo. Yeah, they WWE has to be very careful here. Um cuz I... it's kind of a good thing because like there's all this speculation going into mania. Where, like, there have been years where it's like after the Rumble, like, okay, we're going to have this, this, and this, and those are going to be our main events. And
1: yeah, there's no just, intrigue. It's just, yeah, set now in stone. we,
0: yeah, now we kind of have like, well, wait, what's going to happen? And I've been kind of against like the triple threat, you know, main event at Mania. I don't think there's, I don't know if they've ever really been that great. Like, the 2004 with, with, Triple H, Shawn, and, and Chris Benoit. I don't know Who? if that was... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just bleep just bleep that out. <laughs> I don't know if that match was very good, and I, I, I kind of felt like Shawn Michaels being included, and it was a bit overkill, because we had seen that... Shawn and Triple H so many fucking times. That
1: was... is uh, my favorite WrestleMania main event, I think, ever. It's a great uh, moment. I think that match is great, too. I don't know. Even though yeah. it does... Uh, It's a a
0: lot of one guy getting thrown out for a while, then two guys fight, and then another guy comes back, and another guy goes out for a while.
1: That was honestly the way you did triple threat matches, like, pre-2005, though. Like, I think the big change in that was uh, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniels was, like, one of the first, like, main triple threat matches where there was a lot of interaction between all three as opposed to, like, Moving one guy out doing that. So I think the Crispin Watt, oh. uh, <laughs> the unnamed superstar and HBK and Triple H is like the best example of the uh
0: prehistoric triple threat match. Yeah, I don't remember the other ones all that well. Like, y- you can't deny the Daniel Bryan moment. Like, that's one of the greatest WrestleMania moments, like, ever. I like that match a lot, too. But, I, the mat the match ended up good, but I didn't like the story really going into it. They they should have just had Daniel Bryan win the rumble and then just do Bryan versus Orton at the rumble. Well but yeah. Batista being involved and it being a triple threat. It was just silly. Well, the whole idea
1: was they weren't even gonna do Daniel Bryan at all. Yeah. And then CM Punk walking out, like force their hand and fan and the fans force their hand. Which it's so funny because WWE, Guardians of the Galaxy was supposed to come out like that summer. And so the idea behind this booking was we can put the title on Dave Bautista and then this big blockbuster movie is going to come out and he's our world champion. So we're going to have all these people who watch this movie come over and watch the product. <laughs> but just the fans were so against it that it forced, uh, wwe to change to alter their plans and then
0: daniel bryan got hurt so yeah yeah i've never i've never really been that big of a fan of like that triple threat storyline leading into mania but this is this is different like they gotta put sammy in here somewhere
1: yeah i think it would be cool to go with a triple threat um because then you can go one of two ways you can have... Well, I guess you can go one of three ways um, because it's a triple threat match. And uh, anyway, you could have Sammy win, be the world champion, have Cody, like, be a fake friend to Sammy for a while after Mania, but then turn on him, and, you know, and say to him, this was supposed to be my moment, and you've ruined it, so now I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm going to beat you up and take your title. And, you know, you could run that at SummerSlam. Or you could just have Cody win it um, and run, like, a friendly series of matches between Sammy and Cody, which are going to be good. um, Mm -hmm. And then have Roman off doing something else until he comes back into the world title picture. But uh,
0: Yeah, I think either,
1: either way, after Mania, I think Sammy should be... A challenger for the title. It, regardless of he's involved in the WrestleMania main event, I think he's the guy, the next guy who should be looked at as like the next challenger.
0: I agree. I think I don't think you you turn Cody until he gets that big baby face win. So I could see because I don't. I also don't think that Cody needs to hold the title for a long time either. So you could have it to where Cody gets the big win at Mania and then you run him and Sammy and maybe Sammy gets the win. I don't know, maybe not not backlash, but whatever the pay-per-view is after that. Yeah. And then losing the title could could be the catalyst for turning Cody heel. And then you can run that program for two more pay-per-views and then you wind right up at SummerSlam with Sammy as the champion. There's a lot of things they can do. It's definitely intriguing, but there is um, there's like, there's there's reasons to be weary. Yeah, I agree. Because they they can just throw Sammy and Kevin together and run. You know, Sammy and KO versus the Usos for the tag titles, and nobody really wants to see that. <laughs> Honestly, like that would be a good match, but I think yeah, it would be a cool cool match, but I just feel like Sammy's too big for it now.
1: if they were to go that route, every one of those people still needs to be involved in the main event, and if you're gonna do that, it might be overkill to unless they do that match on night one, like if they do Uso's versus k o and uh Sammy as one of the main events, like one of the big matches of night one. And Mm -hmm. then you have all those guys involved in the main event. I could see Usos and KO and Sammy having this like classic tag team match and then shaking hands afterwards, like all of them. Mm -hmm. And then you have a little uh, backstage segment where Roman is like, Yo, why did you shake their hands? And then that can lead to the Usos, you know, finally breaking free from the bloodline during the main event and costing helping cost roman the uh the world title.
0: So let's talk a little bit about that specifically that bloodline segment that that ended the Royal Rumble cuz I've seen a lot of people saying that it's the best segment in WWE history.
1: So here's my thing. I think this is a really good storyline. I think that moment a few months ago where Roman was like, I'm gonna rename Sami Zayn Sammy Uso. I think that is like an all timer. People have been saying that about the the uh the bloodline court or whatever, the tribal court. Um and like it was really good, but I don't think it was an all timer. And I'm also I don't I don't I don't know if this is an all timer
0: either. <laughs> this is also from someone who doesn't watch the product, like I would say it's certainly the best storyline WWE has put out in probably at least a decade. I can't even think of another storyline that even comes close to this. Like, literally at all. Yeah, this story, it's the first time they've really done long-term booking since what, they announced Rock versus Cena a year in advance. Okay, low-key, my...
1: (laughs) My favorite storylines of, like, the last ten years are, like, this one. And the one before that was fucking uh, the Mandy Rose and Otis storyline. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am such a sucker for a romance angle. And I think that was... It, until the end, which is, like, they just acted like it never happened. Uh, and, you know, pandemic sort of halted it, too. But... Yeah. It just... In my mind, in the women's Rumble, when Mandy Rose was about to go out, and then she fell on Otis, and Otis was like, "No, I got gotcha. you like
0: that was I a fu- great moment
1: I fucking love that, and everything that happened like afterwards is kind of whatever, but all that beginning of their relationship up until whatever was great. I love that shit um and this is like. Like I'm like, that's great. This <laughs> this bloodline storyline is like on a whole nother fucking planet of good. I can't
0: I can't even remember at what point did Sammy start hanging out with them? So I watched a video
1: that was like a recap of everything. Because oh, send I, that to me. Because I, I was unsure as well. It was like a very small little segment where Sammy went into the locker room. Because he had that gimmick where he was like a uh, conspiracy, he like he he was a conspiracy theorist, and he thought there was a conspiracy happening against him. Mm -hmm. And there's a segment where he like goes into the locker room of Roman Reigns and uh, is like, you know, I'm the representative of the rest of the locker room, and I just wanted to let you know that these people are talking shit about you. And so, like, it started like that, where he kind of uh,
0: wormed his way into
1: the bloodline.
0: Yeah, this storyline's been going for well over a year now, it seems like. Even before Sammy got involved, I mean, you you pretty much had that whole storyline of the bloodline kind of being established with. You had Jay versus Roman for a few months, and then really Jay's been the MVP of this whole thing. Honestly, like Sammy doesn't get as big as he is without Jay. I agree with that. And and the performances that Jay's put in, in all of those segments. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know if there's a better a better WWE program in the past at least decade. No, nothing that I can remember. I do think that. Some people are falling victim to a little bit of recency bias though, saying that that segment at Rumble specifically was like the best segment in WWE history. I would say it it's up there at least top 15, 20 maybe. There's a lot of great WWE moments like a lot, but that one that one is pretty undeniable. Yeah, you have decades
1: of great moments. I think the reason why people, you know, are so into this storyline is because there hasn't been a moment yet where they've kind of fallen off. Because you always get these storylines where there's a good thing going, and they totally cut the wheels off. Like the CM Punk thing, where he had that pipe, the pipe bomb promo, and then you have Punk win at Money in the Bank, which is like that was fucking wild. That might be like. One of the best moments of their booking ever, um, and but then you go into that SummerSlam and totally cut the wheels off, <laughs> cut the legs out from under your hottest act, and uh, then have Triple H come out of retirement and beat your big your biggest baby your biggest natural baby face that's come along in a long time, right? So there hasn't been that moment yet where you know something totally just kills the momentum of the storyline everything has been building and building and building um
0: yeah it, it's been on a it's been on an upwards trajectory there is a recency bias but i think
1: they're also this is just good booking and yeah we haven't had consist this consistent of good booking in like you said decades so
0: right so shifting gears to the women's royal rumble a little bit uh this one was similar to the men's where there really wasn't any like legends making surprise appearances i mean there was a point where you had michelle mccool come out of the crowd and yeah i was kind of like oh all right like that that was kind of cool but that was another thing that like logically it doesn't make sense how do you not know you're in the rumble aside from that uh some things that stood out, uh Piper Niven getting her name back and having a pretty good showing was nice to see, yeah, um uh, Who, whoever named <laughs> whoever changed her name to dewdrop
1: needs to be just
0: taken in an alley and beaten <laughs> i will I will say like when she came out, <laughs> Michael Cole and um Pat McAfee kept making dewdrop drop like references. That, like, I don't know. I thought they were really corny, but they were kind of funny. <laughs> the way they were poking fun at them. Uh, Or poking fun at the name, I should say. Uh, what else? What else? We got, uh, we got Asuka and her new look. Oh, yeah. That was insane. Um, it I don't know if Corey Graves marking out when she took the mask off was awesome. But, like, when she was, like, you know, walking up to the ring and he was just kind of like, you guys just ever get this feeling that something big is about to happen, it's like, okay, you're kind of like, you're overselling it just a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd rather them be excited about, you know, a return than being like, oh, look who
0: it is. Does she have a chance? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. No, I think that, like, they could have made a big deal about her coming back with, like, the face paint and stuff and having this darker persona. They could have made a big deal about that after the reveal. Yeah. Also, that Rumble
1: walk is too long, so those those commentators, (laughs) they're they're kind of just
0: like... God bless the ones that ran to the ring, because Jesus Christ, (laughs) like, it took Chelsea Green like 20 minutes, it felt, to walk to the ring. Which is
1: also hilarious, because she got eliminated really quickly. Yeah. So I did see uh, Nikki Cross's uh, Rumble entrance, where she just ran, dude... I fucking love Nikki Cross so much. I Even
0: then, it felt like she was running for a long time.
1: I've loved her since NXT. Uh, Yeah. And she just
0: goes in the ring and just lays out everyone.
1: Yeah, her running with those running forearms was so awesome. I, I'm glad that they went back to the sort of uh, deranged character for her. I agree. I did like the Nikki superhero gimmick because I think that costume rules. Um, also, this is another thing. I actually thought that her turning heel as the superhero was such a cool idea, and then they totally just dropped the ball on it. right? But anyway, Nikki Cross rules. Um, we get probably the, one of the only people that was, was, you know, even heavily favored to win the Rumble actually win it in Rhea Ripley.
0: Yeah, you had her at number one, and then number two was... Liv Morgan, and I think... They lasted the whole time, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it came down. So the Men's Royal Rumble ended with number one and number 30, and then the women's with number one and number two. Yeah, so Rhea Ripley, only the fourth superstar in history to go from from bell to bell from the number one spot, I should say. I think there were a few that did it from number two.
1: Yeah, I think Ray did it at two. Yeah. But the only Uh, other people that did it at one were like... Shawn Michaels and some other guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about him like, oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he who shall not be named. Some other who, guy. I don't know who. who whose name we've said like three times so far. Yeah, um, I really liked the finish with with Oscar, Liv and Rhea all kind of being out, oh, uh, yeah. out on uh, the side of the ring. Yeah. And Oscar hitting uh, live with the with the mi- green mist, I think it was this time. It was green or blue, might have been blue. I know there's a significance to the different types, the different colors of mist. But anyway, yeah, so she hits live with the mist, and then Ria takes advantage and and kicks Oscar off, and then uh, I forget how, but Ria just ends up kind of hanging there. And yeah, Liv just kind of like feeling around (laughs) for 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 real, which was great. Liv Morgan is awesome. Talk about you talk about someone who like really turned their career around.
1: Liv Morgan is awesome. I'm glad that she got her moment as the champion. Although I, I hope she gets more. It was really lame that they ran Ronda Rousey versus Liv Morgan for months, and Liv Morgan kept beating her, and then all of a sudden Ronda. Beats her one time, and then Liv becomes an afterthought because Charlotte uh, comes back. And I'm fucking yeah. done with Charlotte. All right, I want Rhea to stomp her into the ground. <laughs> and her, her join Andrade and like Triple <laughs> A. You hundred
0: percent. Ever- you hundred percent keep saying Rhea and it's Rhea. Oh, is it Rhea? Yeah. Shows how much you watch the product, Justin. I mean, you ain't wrong there. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you ain't wrong there. It's funny how out of that Judgment Day group, Maria's the only one that's actually, like, getting anything out of it, really. Okay, look. Besides Dominic. Dominic is awesome. W- X Ex- con Dom. <laughs> Dude, Dom
1: is so fucking funny. I love his little... I still think Dominic Mysterio doesn't have a lot of charisma, <laughs> But I think that actually benefits him in this
0: storyline where he's like a
1: former prison mate.
0: <laughs> I just love, I've seen this part where he was in a tag team match or something and somebody who was on the you know on the other side had said something to Rhea and he was like, hey, you don't talk to mommy like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also the shirt is
1: so good too. Uh, oh yeah. The mommy did shirt. You,
0: did you see the... Um, the The clips they did with uh, Dom and Ria showing up to the family dinners, like yeah. for Thanksgiving and Christmas, those are great.
1: Yeah, those are great. I love those.
0: He, well, I guess you would have seen them because that's how Dom got, you know, got in prison.
1: There were people online because Rey Mysterio was supposed to come out like seventeen or something like that, and or yeah. sixteen or something, and then he didn't come out, and then Dominic Mysterio came out next, and like people online were like, "Wow, you couldn't even." Have Ray come out and you didn't explain it at all. First of all, I haven't been paying attention, and I know what happened. Like, I'm not paying attention consistently, not watching the product consistently, and I understand what happened. So if you are watching the product consistently and you don't understand what happened, what is wrong with you? Just complaining to complain. And also, uh... they had that little backstage, uh, I think it was like on social media where Ray... Or where Dominic had like Ray a ray mask. So like, come on, put the pieces together.
0: Yeah, and I think it was also a situation where Ray was legit injured on SmackDown in his match with Carrion Cross. That's Ooh,
1: unfortunate.
0: Speaking of Karrion Cross, I mean you talk about a guy at Triple H brought back that has just kind of floundered. Really hasn't done much since coming back. They they definitely tried, but uh yeah. it's not it's not going over well. Yeah, it's not clicking. Maybe a return to NXT would do him some good. But... uh. You know who I am surprised they're taking
1: so long to bring up from NXT is Braun Breaker. That dude is a fucking star. And, like... Yeah. <laughs> he's so athletic, and he... He's basically, like, Scott Steiner in terms of promos, because Scott Steiner fucking rules. But with, like the sort of early athleticism of the Steiner brothers, just bring that guy to the main roster and
0: have him tear some asses up. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of uh, Scott Steiner promos, if you've never seen the Scott Steiner TNA promo, (laughs) where he's just talking about percentages. Yeah, the math one. 33%
1: chance. See, normally... (laughs) In a triple threat match, you have a thirty-three and thirty percent chance. But I'm not normal. My favorite Scott Steiner (laughs) moment might be uh, there's like a TNA. Okay, first of all, two thousand. I watched two thousand TNA, and it was bad most of the time. It was (laughs) (laughs) go, but watching it back, like there is some incredibly funny stuff. Scott Steiner is the MVP of two thousand. Like, late-era 2000s, like 2005 to 2010, TNA. They should have given that guy the world title, like, eight times. But, uh... Well, they were giving it to everyone else, so... I, yeah, I don't know why they didn't give it. He was, like, the best person on that show, besides, like, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and, like, some of the other X Division guys. But, uh... There's, like, a main-event mafia promo where he's, like, rambling about how he hates Samoa Joe, and, like, Kurt Angle's, like... Scotty, calm down, calm down. And then Scotty's like, he's fat. (laughs) That's the fucking
0: funniest shit ever, man. (laughs) He's fat. Way to body shame, man. Way to body
1: shame. (laughs) Well, you know, Scott Steiner, he's a genetic freak. He's got the peaks and he's got the freaks. All right. (laughs) Scott Steiner is like so good. Maybe not in terms of like actual wrestling. I think it could still go in his later years, but he's a dude that found like his gimmick mm-hmm. later in his career, and I wish that like WCW and TNA would have taken advantage of just how fucking good he was and been like, "Dude, you're awesome. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna give you the world title. There <laughs> yeah. you go, man." You know it would have been sweet in the Royal Rumble if Scott Steiner came back.
0: We did get Booker T for about thirty seconds.
1: Yeah, and then Booker T like limped off, didn't he? I saw some yeah. some videos of that. I'm like, damn, dude, that's why I... you <laughs> gotta train, brother. <laughs> you, can't, you can't
0: just do these one offs. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was the only the only legend returning. That says something about the. Uh,
1: The faith that they must have in their current roster—they didn't even try to get.
0: Yeah, they just relied on their depth. Yeah, Gunther had a great showing in the men's. Gunther, you know, Gunther is a bad name,
1: but you know what? It's better than Walter. Walter. I will die on this fucking hill that Walter is the worst wrest. One of the worst wrestling names I've ever heard. It's Walter coming to the ring walter that makes me think of like a 90 year old white man who uh just poops his pants and says racist things <laughs> before we get down this road uh i will say that it's an exciting time to it's an exciting time to watch clips of wrestling online
0: yeah i'm still I'm, not there I'm, I mean, I'm not tuning
1: into raw or smackdown it's probably, it's probably a good time to actually be watching, at least, you know, for a little bit of it, but... I don't know. Sitting down to watch three hours of Raw is a pretty big commitment. Okay, I need to get this off my chest. Because earlier you said the script... Uh, skip, sorry. Skip the Bray Wyatt match. Dude.
0: Bray Wyatt is fucking terrible. Like, as a wrestler. Yeah. That That's <laughs> always been my issue with him, is... <laughs> Even when they were doing like when he was coming and doing the fiend stuff, it's like, yeah, this is all cool. You look sweet. The Firefly Funhouse is nice. The your entrance is awesome. But once the bell rings, it's it's just a Bray Wyatt match. Dude hasn't had a good
1: match that I can recall in ten years. The last good match I remember with Bray Wyatt that I've seen was. When he was in the Wyatt family, and it was the Wyatt family versus the Shield,
0: yeah. And yeah, and I like Bray Wyatt. I I I like I like his I like the characters he portrays. I just don't like the in ring stuff. Yeah, I I will say uh, credit to L A. Knight, who seemingly has been the only person in recent history to have a program with Bray Wyatt and actually come out. Looking somewhat decent. <laughs> yeah, LA Night's cool. I love how Uncle Howdy just missed. <laughs> he didn't hit LA Night at all. A part of me is like,
1: I should watch that because it it seems like a train wreck
0: and like it is. I mean it's not a long match though. Yeah, maybe I will <laughs> watch it. It's horrible though, because they shut all the lights off and everything is just neon. <laughs> And then and then after the match is over, Bray Wyatt just puts on a different mask, and now all of a sudden he's, like, indestructible. <laughs> and he's just taking kendo sticks to the face. It it It's wacky. It's a good time, though. <laughs> I would say if you're pressed on time, skip it. But, you know, you can watch it. Did you watch the, At- uh, oh, not to interrupt. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, L.A. Knights, like all of his gear lit up, <laughs> which was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's cool. Did you watch the uh, Sasha Banks debut in New Japan Wrestling?
0: Uh, I seen when yeah when she first came out and attacked. Yeah, um, uh, guard. Yeah, yeah. I seen that. Yep. Yeah, that was cool her promo yeah, see,
1: her promo was real bad, though I was like this is like some WWE e scripted shit,
0: <laughs> yeah, it really wasn't great it It kind of looked like they botched her finish her new finisher a little bit they told totally i did. seen a I I seen a clip of what it was supposed to look like, and it looks fucking badass. It just looks like they missed the mark a little bit. You gotta think that eventually she'll pop up in a e w at some point, which kind of like. It makes me sad a little bit because we never really got that four horseman, four horsewoman woman match, that fatal four way. Yeah. And now we uh we probably won't ever. Huh. Yeah, probably not. But uh I guess just to to jump back into the rumble uh before we wrap up, we did seemingly have a few possible WrestleMania matches laid out in the men's rumble. We might be getting Roman, well, not Roman. Um, Logan Paul and Seth Rollins.
1: Yeah. So I was confused whether we're getting Logan and uh, Seth
0: or potentially uh, Gunther and Seth. Who knows, though? I don't know. Well, I don't think so because technically Seth's on Raw and Gunther's on SmackDown, and Seth's been kind of heavily involved in the U.S. title picture lately. So I don't think you just move him from one to the other. Yeah. Yeah. Because Logan eliminated Seth, so you kind of got that set up. And then it looks like they're going to do Brock versus Bobby Lashley again, which I'm not mad at that. As long as it's just them two
1: beating each other up real bad, I'm cool with that. Just like a five minute little brawl around yeah. the
0: arena. And I'm hoping that, uh, I'm hoping that because they kind of teased Brock versus Gunther a little bit. So I'm hoping we got that coming up for SummerSlam, perhaps.
1: Yeah. I'm not honestly very familiar with Gunther, but uh everybody I talk to is like really praises him as like a performer. So that's somebody I need to uh go back and like watch his last few years of uh matches, specifically in NXT UK.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen any of the the UK stuff. The only match I've seen of his in NXT was when he beat Pete Dunn for the title. Yeah. That one that that was a really good match. Man, Pete Dunne is a guy. Although I was like, I was really mad to see Pete Dunne lose. Yeah, Pete Dunne is a guy that is also very, very good. Um, yeah. Uh, they're, Sheamus and Gunther had a match late last year that a lot of people heralded as like match of the year. Yeah, I heard that just, one too. Just because they, they were beating the shit out of each other and they were like really laying it in. That's the kind of shit I like. Two <laughs> Two sweaty, beefy men just beating the hell out of each other. Give me that. Too. Which is why. Which is why Justin gave episode three of The Last of Us a 10 stars. <laughs> yeah, give me that gay shit. I love it. But we are uh, we're closing in on two hours here. Yes. So we can go ahead and wrap this. Let's
1: wrap this boy up.
0: All right, well, uh, we thank you guys for listening. Um hope you didn't mind us rambling about wrestling a bit there. You know what? And if you're not into wrestling with... Well, after the gay shit you could just click off. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it has been fun to to finally talk about wrestling on the podcast because that was kind of the first thing that we really bonded over and it was kinda of like the catalyst to our friendship and really the kind of the catalyst for the whole podcast in general. That is totally true.
1: Um Start off as work buds, realized we both like wrestling and, you know, would talk about it and then would uh, fantasy book stuff when we, and this happened a lot where we thought uh, the fed, I hate, I hate when people call WWE the fed, but I, I secretly love it because it's so dumb. Uh, When the fed would drop the ball on some storylines and we would fantasy book it to make it better. Um, those were good conversations. And so, yeah.
0: And, and and ones we still have to this day, (laughs) as you can tell, if you,
1: if you listen to that segment, if not just a recap, that's what we did. We talked about wrestling and fantasy book stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Now you don't have to listen to us talk about
0: wrestling For, for a few months, at least after WrestleMania, I'm pretty sure we'll talk about it. But yeah, anyway, uh, thanks for listening, guys. If you enjoyed the episode, let us know. You can find us at Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We're at Pod. Just remember, the term nerd is rated E for everyone, so find your passion, embrace it, and be the nerd that you were born to be. Do it. Do it. Oh, oh, and uh, we got to mention... Uh, uh, <clears throat> Airbud Podcast coming soon. Airbud Podcast
1: 2 K twenty three. On the way, baby. <laughs> 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 we
0: should start we should make a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> a new a new limited series from the creators of Nerds Collide. <laughs> and then in the back, you just have dogs barking.
1: <laughs> yeah, except uh, it's like dogs barking and air horns going off. Like blah blah blah! <laughs> And then also that clip of like, go on, get it! <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm legit gonna make this we are gonna do it, man? I already have the artwork done. We're gonna force our own hand and make this jump. <laughs> 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 To it, like, that's that's <laughs> yeah, that's that was my thought too. It's just dogs barking, air horns going off, the clips, uh the you know, the the go and get clip, <laughs> me talking in a lower uh, voice, just like <laughs> Airbud Podcast. <laughs> Airbud
0: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so anyway. Yeah, podcast is over. What are you guys still doing here? Get out of here. Go and get. Go and get.